This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me because I have a chat with Matt Nardo from Leviathan Project to share with you. His musical co-conspirator, Tommy Crash, has featured twice on the podcast, so it was time to get to the bottom of things with Matt in this long overdue conversation. Leviathan Project was my number one in the Scars and Guitars year-end best of 2021 top 10. Their music revolutionises the standard thrash and heavy metal template by turning a tried and tested approach to metal into something new and very exciting, it must be said. In this conversation, we cover all things Leviathan Project, including Matt's thoughts on ex-Judas Priest frontman Ripper Owens' vocal performance, across many of the cuts that feature on the superb album Sound of Galaxies, and also the magical soloing of Death alumni Bobby Cobley, among some other pretty worthy subjects that I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to. So before we get to the chat, I have selected a tune. It's the one that got me into the group. It changed the game for me. The tune is titled Solar Storm. Once it's finished, we'll dive into the conversation. Let's go.
Yeah, sings. Hey, good. Can you hear me all right? I can't hear you loud and clear. I'm loud sorry clear. for the technical difficulties in the couple minutes late here. Apologize. Oh, mate, don't worry at all. Gosh. I've been doing this, <laughs> doing this long enough now to know that if we even connect, it's uh, something of a minor miracle. Uh, given, I, you know, I, I never forget the fact that we're about 10,000 kilometers away from each other, you know. So. <laughs> I am very grateful for you reaching out number one and uh it's funny you know i kind of i'm living the dream because this is where this is where all the magic happens i have like a little you know room space down in my basement mm. uh and it's my i've been working from home over the covid thing fiasco yeah. if you will oh yeah it is and, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy oh i know yeah and uh it's a little disheveled around here now um but yeah, I use this for my workspace, you know, my livelihood space, plus my, you know, love of music. So it's all inclusive, man. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you're not wrong about COVID being a bloody fiasco. We're just coming out of it now. And I think uh, Florida Florida, and where I'm from, or we live in uh, Australia, Queensland, it's fairly similar. You know, healthy cynicism, I call it, toward uh, big government and the ideals of big government toward locking down citizens. And uh, as you probably have seen, uh, oh, parts, yeah. parts of Australia were, were locked down, like uh, you know, very similar to California and state of New York. I and, heard. Uh, yeah, it's disgusting, mate. You know, and uh, I've talked about it a lot in the podcast, and people even messages saying, shut up, mate. Don't want to hear you talk about it anymore. Piss off. You know, we, we've uh, got to talk yeah. about these things, you know. I'm for freedom, you know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, and uh, a lot of people might view this country, I think, sometimes as. Um, you know, the, the chess-beating country of the entire world and blah, 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 blah. But, hell, it's given us some great music, you know. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Australia, ACDC, and many others. Mm. But, um, no, I'm, I'm with you. I You start taking my liberties away and not to get too political because, you know, I, look, I, I really want to try to be in the middle because here's the deal. I'll, I'll quote Lionel Richie. I really don't want to alienate any of my fans. You know what I mean? All 10 of them or whatever that I have. But anyway, I digress. I'm hey, same for me, don't but, worry. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you, for sure. Oh, mate, sure. what do we do? I mean, it was <laughs> there was there was a few positives to come out of it. One of them was that I got into you guys, uh, yourself and uh, Tommy's magnificent project, Leviathan Project. And uh, it was just such a wonderful surprise when I think it was Chipster PR that sent it across to me originally. And okay. I yeah. get, I must get, no joke, I would get something in, in the vicinity of hundreds of new releases each week. Wow. It's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, being in Australia, of course, most of the PR agencies are in Europe and the US. So I've got yeah. like 100 emails or whatever, and I just scan them. And you, it was one of those ones. Chips are generally <laughs> are on the money, you see. So that's why I, I clicked on a sentient ruined chips. So there's a few that are on the money, and I always sort of make a point of, yeah, let me have a listen to that. From the first 15 seconds of hearing your music, I knew I'd, I was listening to something that uh, was going to change my uh, my listening habits, if you like. I'm a, a mature listener, but first time I heard Leviathan Project, I was like, this group combines everything that I dearly love about heavy metal into one package, and I've got to hand it to you. You're the first group to do so. I'm grateful to you. I mean, you know, we're I'm a fan, you know, mm. just like you. I mean, 
honestly, the only difference between probably you and I is that I have like this idiot savant kind of thing going on where I can hear a melody. I don't know. You probably could too. Did you ever try? I'm a musician. And you occasionally, are. I'm sorry. Pardon me. Occasionally. No, all good. Yeah. Occasionally it happens. It's just not where I've dedicated my focus. And, and and part of that, to be honest, is when I hear a group like what you guys do, I just think, well, I don't feel like as though that's where my my talent is really sort of drawn to. I'll focus on other areas that journalism pursued, namely, and also sure. play, play a lot of covers. I love just performing, you know. That's I like the, it. Yeah, the main thing. Yeah, recording and and doing that stuff. It's just never really been my bag, if if you make sense. It's, sort of, <laughs> it's not my calling in some ways. I don't know. It's just the yeah. way things evolved. The, well, the, you no, are yeah. a musician. That's great. I didn't know that. Forgive me. I should have probably read up on your uh, CV a little bit more there. No, that's all good. It's no worries at all yeah it's uh just listening to leviathan project though it's uh it's one of those one of those musical accomplishments that i just felt compelled to share with the world so i've already had two conversations with tommy and uh, i knew eventually uh you and i would connect unbelievably i'm just not connected to the uh to the company that does rippers pr in australia but he's okay he's touring australia soon on this metal gods project Wow. This thing that he's yeah, got he's, going on, you know. You know, he's a super nice guy. I don't know him, but I know that, um, you know, he's always into laughing and, you know what I mean? He's just, it seems like he's pretty easy to work with. I mean, obviously, you know, Tommy did most of that communication with him. You know, I just did a lot of the ghost writing. It's funny, we always kind of look at that. Like, you know, I love a lot of the AOR stuff. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of where my... My heart. I love metal too. I mean, my gosh, I, you know, if you looked at my some of my CD collection or whatever, I mean, mm. I love the classic stuff. You know, I, I don't. But when it starts to get into the real heavy stuff, like even the death metal and yep. everything, like I I like it, but it's not my wheelhouse. I'm mm. more, I'm like the pop guy, you know. So mm. when Tommy sent over the stuff to me. I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, I, you're conducting the interview. I hope that's okay. Not at all. No, just it's a, con- <laughs> it's a conversation. Just take it where you want to go. Go for it. Okay. But I was grateful because he, you know, Tommy calls me up and he's like, um, or, you know, as he's known as the illustrious TK, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, he's like a project manager. You know, he said, hey, I need, you know, I have some great music for this, but I need, you know, I have some ideas for the melody. I have... Um, you know, some lyrics and things like that, you know, can, would you like to take a crack at it and just kind of refine it, you know, do it, do with it what you will. And that started a partnership. We had been in, in a band before called American Sugar Bitch, actually. And um, <laughs> they're like a local Philly band, kind of like pump, punk rock, glam, gosh, a whole amalgamation of things. Thin Lizzy meets Alice Cooper meets Ramones, you know, whatever. So I've always loved that kind of, you know, classic hard rock and stuff. And so Tommy knew that, you know, and he's like, hey, just, you know, take a look at this, see what you can do. So I approached it, you know, when I was writing it, I was kind of like Dio. Mm. You know, I kind of had that melodic sense, like Dio meets a Lou Graham. You know, weird, right? Weird combination. But I think what came out of that was that you had a very priest sounding classic melodic ripper Mm -hmm. that you hear on that release 
And I think people have been hungering for that from him. Yeah, it's it's easily in in my humble opinion, even including his stint in Priest, it's the best thing that he's done and he's been a part of. And I, I would have loved the opportunity to have spoken to him about it. Hopefully it comes up when the tour to Australia. Hopefully I can sort of jag a bit of a chat with him about it all yeah. because he hasn't done any interviews on the, on the back of it. And, and I think that's the one thing that was missing early on was a conversation with Ripper Sure. Uh, about Leviathan Project, I understand why these things can't happen. Okay, it's, yeah. uh, he's got a million you know? things going on, but uh, of course, it, and a but, lot of respect for him. I know, yeah. But journalists, I'd say I am actually a journalist. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. The these people who get involved in this journalism pursuit, this indie music journalism pursuit, as I call it, they don't dig deep. They don't try to get to the bottom of things. They don't listen to the broad palette of work that someone like Ripper's got out there and ask the questions. And if they had, they would have found Leviathan Project and yeah. said, what's going on here with this one? Because I, I understand, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you haven't done a live show with Ripper? We haven't, no. It's, it's you know, not something that's off the table completely, but, you know, he's a busy guy. Um, you know, that, that I think would probably push stuff over the top, you know. Uh, but it has to, I think it has to work for all of us. Also, Bobby, it's funny, I was listening to the original podcast that when when you talked to tk and you had mentioned bobby and you're a big fan you know he's a phenomenal guitar player i mean i can hold my own around the strings and stuff like that but that guy is uh, you know talk about a genre defining you know shredding amazing player not just in metal but also i mean i think he's a jazz instructor now he's phenomenal really nice guy too yeah the the other key benefit to leviathan projects from my ears, is that I could never really understand what Bobby's contribution to death was because he's only in the band for, I mean, probably their best album, by the way, symbolic. <laughs> symbolic, but, right? But yeah. you could never work out whether or not his involvement with Chuck was actually all that integral, to be quite honest with you, because he had a lot of, Chuck had a lot of musicians come and go, all top quality. It's not about the quality of their performance, but it's whether or not they're creatively that relevant. Yes, he is. And the reason why I can say that is because listening to his solos with you guys, yeah, man, I mean, he knocked it out of the park. You couldn't have got a better soloist. And, you know, he's this guy that just comes in and he's just a natural. I mean, you can tell he honed his craft. You know, he's got major chops. And But what I like about it is that he just has, he puts that really, it's not incomprehensible. Like, I feel like some players, they just spew all this stuff i feel like he played for the songs and even though you get a little muscle in there if mm. you know what i mean you know from a from a guitar playing standpoint there's there's lots of guitar players would love that playing but i think he didn't you know it wasn't a bore fest and that's hard to do when you're shredding you know yeah it, it is hard to do it's it's very hard to combine blitzkrieg's speed <laughs> melody and also heaviness yeah. Okay, the, the three, the three key things that I think all heavy metal guitarists need to have in their kit bag. There's guys like probably the best out there, in, I think, is uh, Vito Brada from White Lion. Oh, I mean, oh how good my is gosh. He? And, and he, he gave it up. He walked away from the music industry at 91 or 92 or whatever it was. And uh, He's one of my favourites, yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, you know yeah, who's my favourite of all time is Gary he, Moore. Gary, oh, it comes up That's so That's my favourite. He's my yeah. hero. Okay, Michael Schenker, Gary Moore, 
of course, EVH, you know, you get in. I love his the California yeah. Sunshine Spirit. You know, he's a great rhythm player, too, you know. But for me, Gary had the ferociousness, you know, uh, the melody. He could kill you fast or slow. Fusion. I mean, you know, I just discovered him. I discovered him through Vivian Campbell, mm. like so many. And John Sykes and all the other, John Norum, all these disciples of Gary freaking Moore. Mm. You know, I mean, he did. He got the heaviest tone I've ever heard out of a Fender Strat, a stock mm. Strat. You know, anyway, he's a beast. But, oh, he is, you know, yeah, yeah. But th- where I would say the difference between Gary and Bobby, okay, is that I feel like Gary was fighting the guitar, fighting through it. And you had that sheer aggression and emotion. You know, I'm not saying that Bobby doesn't have that emotion, but Bobby is just much more smooth and yeah. he's surgical. You know, he can kill you with that. You know, he builds to the crescendo. It's everything that Gary does, but mm. just he doesn't really, it's so fluid. It's mm. brilliant. Yeah, very, very, very dynamic guitarist. And I love what you say there about Gary. Yeah, because Gary always reminded me of a boxer when he's up there on stage, doesn't he? Yeah. Just, I mean, like somebody said to uh, somebody said to me, yeah, right. I read in an article. Okay, come on. Uh, <laughs> who am I? I'm some guy sitting, in, you know, just on lunch break talking to you. No, but not to undercut it. Um, you know, I've read all things with Gary, particularly that Strat. That always killed me because he's known for greeny. You know, the Peter Green Les Paul. I mean, my God, could you imagine? Like, it'd be like Michael Schenker handed me his flying V and said, Listen, kid, I want you to take the reins and go. You know, I see something in you. I'm done with this. You have this this reverberating, amazing instrument, you know? Um, and when I was reading about Gary's Strat, I think that Greg Lake had passed on it. Like, he, he you know, Greg Lake, he was torn, Gary was torn with Greg Lake. It was like a fusion type of thing. And he was playing some one off shows. And I guess they were backstage and, you know, this guy comes in, he's like the Dr. Feelgood of guitars, right? So he brings all this stuff in, he goes, this is for sale, that's for sale. You know, Greg Lake comes in, he's like, oh, hey, mate, you know, blah, 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 blah. And Gary had played this Strat. It was like a 61 red Strat, right? This famous salmon pink Fiesta red. And uh, it was basically stock and he, he just played it like this and it rang. It just rang. And strats don't usually do that. You know, like not plugged in, just rang. That's the true test for a great guitar, by the way. Unplugged, electric. It just rings and you feel the vibration. Anyway, um, but what, what I was going to say is, you know, he said, I guess Greg Lake passed on it because it was a little beat up. And as soon as Greg Lake left the room, he's like, right, that's mine. You know, and he bought it, he paid for it or whatever. You know, and that became like his corridors of power, his metal years stuff you know yeah. his main instrument um and then it was stolen or something interpol or something like that it's stolen but somebody said of him that just like you had alluded to and i don't know how bobby is with this right mm. but he's the quintessential introvert but once you put that guitar on like he'd have a, it's almost like it was like he'd be moody like you'd be talking to him to gary and he'd be moody you know, and he'd be like, what the hell? I just want to express to you that I'm a huge fan or whatever. You know, oh, thanks. You know, thanks. Yeah. You know, like that. And then when he got on stage, he was like, you put that guitar on. He's like the Incredible Hawk. Yeah. 
just lays waste, melts faces, everybody. You know, there's a Castle Donington, I think, in 84, where he played. Could you imagine it was Jake Ely? Oh, magnificent, yeah. Eddie Van Halen and Gary Moore. Hmm. And I think the Scorpions were there, too. You know, so you had all these phenomenal. But that was back when I think when men ruled the world with guitars and women. Sorry, Lita. But you know what I mean? A lot of people, right? Yeah, a lot of people. But you, you, I love that point you make there about, about ruling the world with guitars. Because <laughs> go, go and have a look at how many how many YouTube hits so many of those videos still get. They're in the, the I mean, averaged across. We've had this. I'll make this point before I make the point I was about to make. Uh, urban music, you know, this rap and mm-hmm. all this other bullshit, you know, fair enough, yeah. whatever, but it's what the it's what the media promotes, okay? Rock Got and it. metal has been pushed to the side, very much to the side. It's actually not in mainstream, the mainstream consciousness at all. You will not never see it played at any of the American Music Awards or even these, these Aries, the Australian Music Awards, what have you, just will yeah. not happen, okay? But the fans still love it. The fans get it exactly. Like, look, look at us having this conversation. Yeah. So we get it, and there are, there are millions of people like us that will never let guitar music die yeah and i mean here's the other thing i think that they took the the blues out of out of music too like there's not really a lot of blues if you think about it and i think that all the rock and the metal and everything was really a blues you know it it was spawned from that you know just they made it heavier you know tony iomi knew how to make it heavier Mm. you know and then on and on and on but i'm with you and that's why i'm i'm thrilled to talk to somebody i always love to talk to somebody that's passionate about music i get that from you right away so again i i really appreciate you having a conversation with me no, that's that's fine. That's fine. So what what I'll do now is I'm going to do a bit of a summary of the releases of the past twelve months for people. Sure. So of I'm course, gonna, yeah. yeah just, Sorry for that tangent, by the way. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, we're talking about any of this stuff. I can talk about this stuff all day. We we, we clearly both sure. can. It's cool. It's killer. Yeah, for sure. But, but what, I want to give people some insight into what you guys have been doing for the past twelve months because I think my last chat with Tommy was about six months ago or so, and there's been. Sure. Uh, maybe one or two releases uh, announced and available since then. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I've already mentioned that you you caught my attention and the name of the release was through the It's Their World EP last year. And all or most of those songs uh, on that EP, they were released on the full-length Sounds of Galaxies album. Mm-hmm. And that album also contained tunes from the Edge of Time EP, which I spoke again at length with Tommy about. So for anybody who wants to hear about why there was a release strategy, as I've just outlined, go and have a listen to those conversations there because, Tommy, we dive into a lot of detail on that one there. It's all got to do with working with Deco and the record company, the distributor, that sort of thing. Now, earlier this year, you guys released the Why Are We Here full length, which uh, to my ears, it's, it's ambient meets late night guitar jam in a smoky bar room. That's what it sounds like. I like it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it showcases a very different side to the group. But, but now, uh, and here's the killer thing, now we can look forward to the heaviest collection of tunes yet from the group via The Final Wall, which contains a raw take, in my opinion, on your signature heavy metal sound alongside. Uh, and I do love death and black metal, by the way. So I love the fact that I cool. know Tommy's into it too with the behemoth. Yeah. Um, he likes behemoth. And he's introducing, I haven't, I've listened to it a couple of times, not, I haven't really sort of immersed myself in it on purpose because I want to wait. I want to wait until I've got this because <laughs> I've ordered the CD and I want to listen to it in the car and really sort of absorb it that way. I want to. You're really going to like this. Yeah. 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 I, I love it. So uh, that's, that's 
summarizes, if I'm correct, that summarizes mm-hmm. the releases over the past uh, 12 months ago or so. So I may have asked the same question of Tommy, but I'll put it to you. I mean, you you guys are creatively uh it's all happening, but where are you finding the time to do this? Because I know you I know you're a family man and you've clearly got a job, and I think Tommy's in the same boat. Yeah. So how on earth do you guys find the time to do this? <laughs> Late at night. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, it's I I like doing the studio stuff. I mean, it's funny, I, I just played live with another project a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my friend Dave Weekly, he has uh, Tommy knows Dave as well. Um, and he's kind of a mentor of mine, but you know, where it comes down to it really now, I'm having a lot of enjoyment in the studio. So to answer your question, um, <laughs> I spend time with my family. I have five-year-old girls. It's a birthday today, by the way, shout out to Cora and Elise. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. They're a lot of work. They wear you out, but, um, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way, but I feel like you still have to have your thing. You know, it's what recharges your batteries you know and a lot of that it happens at night so 10 o'clock p.m you know it's that's it i'm coming down here you know i'm like oh that's funny i was just down here all day working whatever but it's different you know it's different it's create creative time it's you know and with like i say i always say with tk he's the project manager you know i'm so grateful that he's so prolific in coming up with things that it's just so easy for me. I just put the icing down on it. So he'll come up with the structure. Mm. He'll send it to me. Hey, this is what I'm thinking here. He'll give me, you know, we'll talk about it. Um, We're pretty close with that. So, you know, we really, we have a a nice communication system going on. Sometimes I'll send something to him and it's like, you know, okay, I might not hear from, you know, might not hear anything from him, like feedback. And I'll be like, "Uh oh, must've sucked. Or whatever. And that's fine. You know what? Then there's a conversation that happens. Hey, could you try it more like this? You know, we've taken that ego out. But that's kind of where I find the time. I can just work better as a night. I'm a night owl. I always have been. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So so on with with the tunes that made it's their world, given it's the one that, that captured my attention. Which which parts did you record? And I know you're both multi-instrumentalists and spend a lot of time yeah. in the studio, obviously, but how did you decide who would record which part? Well, uh, I think that TK is phenomenal, again, with the structure, the rhythm. The whole Leviathan project really started based upon the sounds that he was getting. He wanted those thrash rhythm yeah. guitar sounds, you know, like your Testament, Exodus, you know, that kind yes. of thing. Um, and, you know, but he, I think that he really wanted the melody. So he does most of the the uh, the structural, like the rhythm guitars. Um, I might put something like, for instance, in Solar Storm, I did some noises with a guitar, you know, just kind of like screaming kind of whammy bar, weird stuff that was tucked in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also played bass on some of those tracks. Um, there's a song called Falling Apart. Yeah. That that was that was my base on that, and you know he just said, "Hey, you want to give a crack at this? Sounds good." It's the world, I think, was my base as well. Nice. So, some keys also on those parts, texture, and everything. Um, I can play lead. You know, I'm just not really a Bobby caliber lead player. Then again, who is? You know, <laughs> sorry, Bobby, it's true. Yeah. You know, um, I can hold my own with that stuff, and I can do. Oh. Um, the other one was, um, 
oh gosh, it's it's escaping me now the name of the tune. Uh, here I am, in your anger. Um, is that off its in the world or something else? It's uh, yeah, it's off the uh, actually I think it's off the second EP that we released. You know, I should know this. I'm in the band. You know, I mean, come <laughs> on, have a blonde moment here, man. The sounds of ga- um, not sounds of galaxies. Um, the edge of time EP. Yeah, yeah. There's a song that that Ripper did. Oh man, um, gosh. Anyway, I did a like a a twin like a King Diamond esque uh, harmony. Mm. You know, Tommy said I want something German. I want something. You know, that's um, that's going to be a melodic theme, not necessarily, you know, um, shred, but, you know, just something that gives that like an Andy LaRock kind of feel, like you know, how they death as well, themes. funnily enough. Yeah. Yeah. Individual thought patterns. Right. Spot on. I think that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So, you know, he'll, th- that's the other thing about the vocabulary with, with TK and myself, you're in that, on that same thing. You know, we could be talking about, a journey tune or we could be talking about a king diamond song lizzie borden whatever you know uh, a death tune and, and we speak the same language hmm. what are you going for on this they'll say hey kind of like this song and you ha- i feel like in order to be successful collaboration you really have to be able to speak the same language musically and uh, i'm really lucky that i found somebody you know, that, that speaks that language. Solar Storm and Leviathan, they're, they're, they're probably on, on the front page of, of greatest all-time heavy metal tunes. And they are, they are quintessential heavy metal songs. There is nothing you could add or take away to improve those cuts. You know, when you hit a, a, a cricket, uh, a cricket, sorry, a, a baseball, and yeah. you hit it right off the bat. Now, I play cricket, so, you know, but, you know, it's the same principle, okay? You hit it right off the bat and it makes a sound and the ball just takes off and flies. <laughs> did, it, did it feel a bit like that when you were crafting those two numbers? You know what? It's it's funny. I, I, I know I keep saying this word. It's going to sound cheesy to your audience, but um, when I heard it and I heard the playback, I just knew it was the best that we could do. You know, I knew that the the influences that we have, you know, they were going to come out, you know, and I knew as a fan, and I know you probably know this feeling too, if you put something in and you listen back to it and you like it, you're hoping that others like it too. Mm-hmm. But I kind of knew, especially particularly with Solar Storm, I knew that was special. I knew yeah. that was a special, you know. Yeah, that so, was the first one I heard, and uh, as I said, it's just okay. Here we are; it's right here. It's what it, what the the only issue is a collection of tunes like this. It makes you a bit disappointed in a lot of the other stuff you hear because you know it can be done, and then you listen to other stuff you get sent. You think, no, it's not quite there yet, and it might be the the production's on point, the uh, the musical interplay when one instrument's taking charge. And when another sort of steps back into, it goes back into the background, so to speak. But uh, Ripper's vocal too. Um, he just see. I think he's. I, I've, this is not a controversial opinion. I believe he's better than Rob. 
And I've said that for years, I've got to say. And, and I got into Jugulator when it first came out, by the way, and I remember thinking, I bought that one too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for years you could only get it on CD. I, I actually bought mm-hmm. it in the United States, funnily enough, and I remember listening to it a lot whilst I was travelling around there just as a tourist or you know, visitor. Wow. And, and I remember just thinking, this this guy, the priests are in really good hands here, even though nobody gives a shit at that point in time, 98 yeah. or 99, whenever it came sure. out. Sure. Uh, 97, wasn't it, I think? 97. But 97, yeah. And, I mean, there wasn't that. A, well, I loved that year for metal because all of the attention was off it and sure. it was just about what the, you know, fa- bands who fans who are in bands creating for fans out there in the audience. That's what it felt like back I, then. Yeah, like Nevermore. I remember, the, you know, oh uh, Sanctuary. Yeah, you magnificent. Know, all yeah. those bands. Absolutely. You know, the melodic sense, they just, they said, screw it. You know, that's kind of what we did. We said, you know, this is never, you know, the market is not there for this kind of stuff. But I really, it comes from the heart because we just wanted to do it. Hmm. You know, uh, that's what we, we just... We said, you know what, we're musicians. Musicians don't create, you know, because you want to fit into a structure. I always say this, you know, fast food, steak dinner. In the 70s, you could put, you know, on whatever it was that was out there, you got a steak dinner, man. Yeah. You know, you got four-course dinner. Even if it was a pop tune. My God, you know, I listened to The Cars, one of my favorite bands. You know, it's so weird. But yeah, an eccentric, but yeah, they had something that was a hook. And how we approached this was, you know, metal from an, (laughs) you you talk about the structures, one instrument coming in, one instrument coming out, each instrument saying something in its own time and then getting the hell out of there. Mm. You know, that's a classic AOR type, you know, mentality. It's just that, you know, it's hooks. Mm from a metal point of view. And, and I'm hoping that that doesn't deter people from wanting to listen to this. Cause I think you're going to get, I think basically a lot of people are going to get something from this, irregardless of what you love, what your wheelhouse is. Mm, yeah, no, I agree. I, the, the, I mentioned this to Tommy, the only thing that I think Deco could have, well, the key thing that I think Deco could have done differently. Great. You get chips thrown board. Uh, but yeah. This is this is music that I believe the it should it should be targeted toward the extreme metal fans as well because a lot of extreme metal fans do love they go into jazz they go into blues yeah. they go into all this other stuff it's just the extreme they also listen to extreme metal so I'm like that so you automatically get called an extreme metal fan it's like hang on that's just one thing that I listen to I'm just invested yep. in it but but I think Earsplit PR and these other agencies out there that that have a dedicated channel for the extreme metal fan I, I sent through Earsplit PR's details to Tommy actually uh, last year and uh, I, I feel as though. If the the PR side of things was adjusted just a bit, and you got some of those, they're not fanzines; they're people like me doing podcasts and the like, reaching out to you guys, saying, "Shit, here it is." You know, here's <laughs> here's the legacy from Testament, but updated. I mean, this is really sort of where it's coming oh. from in a lot of ways, you know. And it, so, so that would be the only thing that I would have changed. And as I say, I mentioned that to Tommy, and uh, I mean, you, you can't do. You, you mean. What can you do? You know, to your point, you're you're doing this in your spare time and the like. But it is music that I just wish more people could hear. So, so did did you find just on that point? And I'll ask a question around. Um, yeah, the, sure. The full length sounds of galaxies 
album. Did did you find that was as well received? And the now it's been out about it's been about eight or nine months, or maybe less. Have you? I've mm-hmm. had it, I've had it for at least that length of time. But did you find that was as well received as the two EPs? Yeah, I mean, I like, I think people, um, I'm kind of biased to that one because I had some demo stuff on there where I was singing. Yes. You know, and I like, I always have been a fan of complete packages, but, you know, it's funny now people are really releasing stuff just one song at a time, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I think in its sense is, um, how do you say it? It's people's attention span really is lacking, you know, now. It's sure. You know, but I always like the full length. Now, that's probably I'm showing my age here, you know, but I like the package, you know, and the actual product and the liner notes and everything else, you know. Um, But some people want they just, you know, don't bore us. Get us to the chorus. We always say, right. They just want to know what the band is about. So they might just want that one song or that short EP burst Um, with Deco. I got to be I got to tell you, I. I really think they're a great label. Um, they really have been supportive of us. And, you know, I'm grateful to them that they would put something out, you know, like this too. You know, I think that um, they do a lot of different legacy artists. And gosh, I mean, even Dave Bickler, the original Survivor song, you know, Eye of the Tiger, he's on there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, this is more than I could have ever imagined. But to answer your question, I mean, it's just so hard nowadays. And I know that's a cop out and an excuse, but it's so hard to be able to push this kind of music to the masses. You know, you really have to, to your point earlier was what you said, you have to really seek this, mm-hmm. you know? And I wish that that wasn't the case, but um, hey, it is what it is. I'm just hoping maybe it picks up steam again. Maybe if Ripper does a bigger tour, you know, who knows? Um, you know, I know that he's, I know that he really. I know he digs it. Yeah. Did was he? Did you guys ask him to do any PR around it? Um. Not. Not at the time because we. We really. We wanted to be respectful of him. He had obligations. You know. He had KK's priest and mm-hmm. different stuff like that. So we really didn't want to take away. You know, from him. And this is his livelihood. You know. Like I. I have another gig that I'm doing. You know, to, to earn the dough. Mm-hmm. Um. But. You know, we just wanted to make sure that that he was comfortable and, you know, be respectful of approaching him. We that's not off the table. Who knows, yep. with that in, in the uh, in the future, you know, with Ripper. Because, but I, I definitely think that you know, and I'm putting words in his mouth, but I think that he, I think he likes the material. I think he really likes the way it turned out. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, as I say, I really, I, I'm going to find out who the PR company was that. Uh, gave the interviews recently it was only about a week ago two weeks ago or so but you can't know everybody in it you know in the industry sure uh, you know how it yeah. is but he one of my mates he's uh he saw the interview come up and i've got to hit him up and say hey who did that come through some of the agencies here are dickheads so i won't deal with them to be quite frank with you it's really hard sure. that way, you know because they yeah. uh you know this is you know we do this because we love doing it and sometimes you don't love working with some people you know what i mean and you want to sure. keep that that passion with it all but beside the point i mean you can often hit these people up on uh on messenger or what have you and as long as you show yeah. that you're sincere and you're genuine and you've actually got an audience and you know you're not just pissing about in the backwoods somewhere um well in most i'll give you an example 
Here, and I, I get you 100%. You know, I, re I reached out, uh, I saw Neil Kernan's name. You know, he's a mm. famous producer. He did like Queensryche, Rage for Order, yeah. uh, Doc and uh, Back for the Attack. No, he did, uh, yeah, I guess he did Back for the Attack and, um, oh gosh, the uh, Under Lock and Key. You know, I'm, I'm dating mm -hmm. myself. I'm talk talking all this old classic stuff. But, you know, I just said, hey, you know, I'm a huge fan and, and thank you so much for accepting my friend request or whatever. And he wrote back to me. Yeah. And he said, oh, cheers, mate. You know, thanks so much for for that. That was really nice to hear. Uh, another one was Uli John Roth, yes. one of my one of my heroes, you know, another one of my heroes. You know, he just Steve Lukather from Toto. You know, he's one of my all time favorite session cat heroes, mm -hmm. you know, uh, all these folks, you know, that they, they are, to your point, approachable. So, yeah, that that might be something, you know, that that comes up with it. But uh yeah, I, you know, this this has been a labor of love. It continues to be. And, and I told, um, you know, TK, I said, we should have the Van Halen mentality. Mm -hmm. Dave Roth's dad told him, look, if you want to get out there and you want to do this, you got to have a lot of material in the can. Mm. You know, you can't rest on your laurels. That's what happens to a lot of bands, right? They do their first debut album, it's killer, and then they all look at each other, they start to hate each other because the pressure's on for new material. You know, so I didn't want to fall in that trap. So we are working yeah. uh, so Final true. War Plus and beyond, you know, with stuff. Yeah, that is so true. There are so many sophomore albums, second albums that are garbage. Or, yeah. or they're not cohesive or they don't represent where the band was headed in the first album, which is what got them an audience in the first place. Yeah, everybody's pooping bricks because they, they're yeah. under pressure now, you know, and it's it's a drag, mm. you know. So I don't I never really want to be in that position. If we can continue writing on all fronts, you know, uh, TK and I have uh, Infinity Rain, which is another project. Yes, you know, that's like geared more toward the AOR stuff, you mm. know. I do a lot of singing on that. Um, you know, it is what it is. You know, there's just, there's lots of ways to keep busy. It's not for the lazy. I think a lot of musicians, and I'm, I'm speaking out of turn, they're going to throw, you know, vegetables, fruits, and other, you know, hard objects at me. But talent is lazy. You know, TK, I was lazy for a lot of years. TK helped me not to be lazy. He keeps me on deadlines. He's, he'll, he'll throw subtle hints out there. Hey, any luck with those tracks? I know if I do it with him, it's going to get out there. Yes. You know, so it's it's good. You know, you got to have a strong work ethic. Yes, that you do. Yeah. Well, you're right about what you say about talent. Talent can be bloody lazy. You see that in football and in sports. You know, there's yeah. boom players coming on board and you're like, wow, this is especially <laughs> if you're a fan of a shitty team like what I am. And, you, uh, <laughs> and, and the, you know, this boom rookie comes on board and, you know, might win an, an award, a Dalian medal we call it in rugby league here. And uh, But then they shit for the rest of their career and you're just like, well, what the hell happened? But they don't work yeah. hard enough. They're not studying videos. That's it. And you hone your craft. Yes, exactly. Right? We look at look at our lofty, you know, I talk I spit a name out like Gary Moore. I mean, you know, I could practice for the rest of my life 24/7 and I could never be Gary Moore. Um Gary Moore was born to do that, you know? Um but but then again, what you can do is you can pay homage and you can be a fan and you can say I want to you know, continue that. I mean, we all kind of have our people, our heroes that we want to emulate. Mm. You know, but what I like about it is, you know, even though you try to emulate people, you're never going to be them. It just kind of turns into maybe something that people like and something that's different. 
That's such an interesting point you raised there about uh, looking up to the to these these let's call them heroes. You know, these heroes of ours, yeah. these people that we could potentially aspire to be. You mentioned Gary Moore there. Did you see the recent? Uh, we're all ACDC fans. Let's face it. So, oh did you, my god! <laughs> did, you know, did forget you see, it. Did you see the recent Australian Story episode featuring Bon Scott and his family? I just watched it yesterday, mate. Just watched you just, it. I it knew was... you would. Yeah, I knew you would have. And my point around that is Bon, and I hope you agree with me, or you, if you've got another opinion, please share it. But Bon Scott, as revered as he is, he didn't even realise he was Bon Scott. I think yeah. that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's the key. You take the piss out of it, man. Like if you're too serious and you take yourself too seriously, I've done it before. You know, I used to go to gigs and be stressed out and be one of those dicks that was like, you know, well, I, I need to put my pedal board here. Uh, you know, I need to do the, uh, you, uh, you know, mm. and, and something happened one day, you know, then I got to be like 30 years old or whatever, you know, a couple of years ago. <laughs> anyway, no, sorry. You sorry, know, and, worry. and yeah, you go like, uh, what's our stage age, right? But no, mm -hmm. you go to the, to play the gig now. And I remember the last one we were doing, it was like, oh my God, you know, it's it's raining out. And somebody sends a text message in the band to us. And it's like a group text, like, um, oh my gosh, you know, th there's police action and, and there's no parking. Good luck finding a parking space. Come on, man. Like, so I just looked at the drummer. I was driving with the drummer. Mm -hmm. And I said, tonight, screw it, man. We're going to have a good time. I don't care if you go in with that mentality or, you know, you got uh, the band ahead of you uh, that that's just the, they're a bunch of jerks, whatever, you know, who cares, man? Once you get up there on, on stage, you just let them have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You do you. And with Bon Scott, to your point, I watched that and, you know, you can have a lot of the bad boy imagery and a lot of the stuff when it comes down to it, these are human beings mm -hmm. and they're insecure. Sometimes you would never think of Bon Scott as being insecure. And I don't mean that I, I'm such a huge Bon Scott fan is ACDC to me. You know, I love Brian Johnson, but Bon Scott's always going to be it for me. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, it was nice to see him as a human. It gives us hope, doesn't it? For yeah, it all does. of us. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. that's why we do this. That's why we continue to make music and hopefully human to human people can enjoy it. There has to be an emotional connection mm -hmm. with music, I think. Even if it's heavy, whatever, it doesn't matter. There has to be some kind of emotional connection with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're invested in it to the point where it's an integral part of our lives. Yeah, you know, I don't know yeah. what it is that draws us to music. I mean, I love golf, but it was over golf, <laughs> for example. I mean, I mean, there's some people who follow the PGA and they're religious about it, and they know all of the numbers and the, the yeah. stats and the figures, and uh, you know, the players that are just behind that are ready to make the tour, this sort of thing. But uh, we're like that with music. You can tell we're like that with music. I don't know what it is that drives us that way, but uh, look, I, I digress. I want to ask you just, to, I know I'm just conscious of time. Please, no, you're fine. You're fine. Keep it going. I'm having fun. Um, the, uh, who's singing on the the new material, um, The Final War? Who, who did you guys get in, get in to do that one there? Um, that is uh, the, well, Tommy, AKA TK. Okay, so he's singing on that one. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if there are other singers, though. Um, we'll have to stay tuned for the further adventures for that. I don't even know that. I think that's top secret information. Mm. 
But uh, but yeah, in in the the trapped single, the one that was released, I know that that's TK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, gotcha. I mean, I knew it wasn't Ripper, but I was thinking, wow, okay, it's it's doing it. It's it's continuous though. Okay, I mean, you know, that Ripper, was a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the same vein. Um, I like the mm-hmm. gruffer aspect of it. I actually think the voice suits the music. I mean, it would have been great if you got Ripper on board too. But the, the sure, Tommy's voice does suit the music. And the the other question I had for you was. Were the, the cuts on the final war, were, were they completed or near completed when uh, the It's Their World EP and the rest of the, the you know, the canon at that time was released? I don't want to speak for Tommy, but, but I think that, no, he had an itch that he wanted to scratch because he really loves some of the death metal and some of the melodic, you know, mm-hmm. black metal. And he really wanted to take it in a different direction for this for this specific release um you know it's all about being an artist you know he really wanted to do this and i supported him 100 percent. i said you know what this is good this is a nice turn and i think what's happening is on the website you'll see there's actually like if you go on there's a classic leviathan you know and then there's you know the the dark brutal leviathan so you know again it's to everything i mean you know we want to try to widen the net now the next release might be more back to the more melodic stuff you know so but i feel like tk just has such a talent for just pulling stuff out of thin air you know and we talked about this at length and he said i i've got to do this i want to do this and i said he he said you know what i don't know if you're going to like it but you know it's it's something I need to birth out. And I was like, wow. And I started to listen to the material. And you know what? I actually, don't tell him this, but I actually like it. <laughs> you know, it, it definitely has a hook in a different way. Mm. Yeah, you know? gotcha. Yeah. No, that's great. So, yeah, yeah. What you're talking about in Infinity Rain, is there going to be as much of a focus on doing that as what there has been with Leviathan? You know, we're just... It really depends on like some days I'll talk to to TK and and he'll be like, hey, I'm in. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Foreigner or whatever. Uh, some days he'll be listening to you know Candle Mass or you know who knows, right? Wh- mm-hmm. Whatever, um, Celtic Frost. You know what I mean? Like different awesome. stuff like that. So uh, what we try to do is, I mean, this guy is so phenomenal in my opinion. I'm not. I'm not just. I'm. I'm really grateful he came into my life because it's really a juggle. We have a bunch of stuff going on at, at different times at any given time. But the point is, is that when he focuses on something, you know, he'll, he'll throw a couple of things to me at the same time to work on. And it always gets done, you know? So to answer your question, like Infinity Rain, you know, that I think that's almost in the can. I think we have one more song. We'll have a full length release on that. Awesome. I don't know what's going to happen with that one yet. I don't know if it's going to be a label. You know, we're, we're going to, of course, we'd love it to be a label, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's also a new Leviathan, I think, after in the works, too. We're starting to kind of work on that as well. Um, but that's that's further on down the road. Yeah. Um, but at any one given time, it really depends on TK's mood and, you know, uh, inspiration at that moment. Following the creative muse, that's awesome. And not having yeah. the pressure of having to do it either is in, imagine if it was the main money earner for you both and the amount of pressure, oh. added, the dimension of pressure that it would add. It would. It could ruin it. It'd probably ruin it. 
It probably could. And, you know, you get to the point where, you know, and I get it. I mean, there, but, you know, there have been times like on the first, you know, go around with Leviathan. I remember there were a couple tunes and it was like, when, when do you need this stuff? Well, I need it by the end of the week. And there were like three songs or whatever. I think that's how I remember it. It's foggy now. But, you know, I knew I had to bust my hump and get on that and, and you know, deliver those ideas, mm-hmm. you know. So that Ripper could sing on them, and you know, and and Ripper, not to discount, you know, I, who am I? But you know, he also added stuff too. Like you know, he he did "It's Their World," and you know, kind of wanted to write that song as well. So he was he was involved in that yeah. to a degree. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, look, I'll wrap things up. I've got the, uh, sure. the Sound of Galaxies album, the Final War album, and I've also got a T-shirt coming in, and I uh, already own this. So, uh, oh, I've cool. got a cassette player, so I'll listen to this one quite a lot, actually. Um, I love the cassette, actually. I love the way that, that you guys went down that <laughs> pathway because it does bring us back to the 80s, uh, at least when I was last listening to cassettes, you know, as, as the main medium because it's oh, on yeah. and it's on and it stops and you can choose to actually set the autoplay where it flips over to the other side with my player or you can just let it i love that aspect of it because you're it's it's not like these days where you can be listening to music on this thing the yeah. iphone and then yep. you can be scrolling through facebook or some other garbage site um <laughs> you, you, it's like think, it commands your full attention right yeah it does it does it's a different listing it's like reading a newspaper again or something and that's really important because we do absorb different types of media in a different way meaning that i believe we're more we're more fully immersed when we read from a book we read from a newspaper compared to reading stuff on a, on a phone as as it is listening to material via mp3 isn't as uh, as high quality, if you like, as if you're listening to it on a CD or on a tape. In my case here, or even better, a vinyl. I mean, I uh, I love oh, yeah, vinyl, sure. but that's that's you know, yeah. thanks Adele for the world vinyl shortage at the moment. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I've got these things coming in, and that'd be my message to people: is to support the group. Uh, everybody knows I'm a fan of the Vitham Project. You're my number one release last year. Um, you made my number one release last year, and. Um, it's it's get out there in terms of go to the Deco website and you've got a bunch of stuff on there. You've not just got the two albums, there's EPs and other T-shirts. Tommy's put new T-shirts up there that I've noticed as well. I think there's still cassettes available. So there's still plenty of ways to get into you guys. Uh, so yeah. thank, thanks so much for coming on, mate, and I'll leave the final words to you. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say this. You know, this we talked about attention span and, um, you know, Tommy always said this all along. I remember he did the podcast with you and he said, look, you know, give this your time, you know, turn, put the phone down, um, you know, just try to immerse yourself in the music. You know, how, how do people even create when they have the distraction of these phones? And, you know, I, I'm guilty of that as well. You know, sometimes I'm there and I'm on the phone. I look at my daughters and that time is just like sand through the hourglass, you know, and it's so precious. Do yourself a favor, you know, be present. You know, I have to, I have to practice what I preach myself, but in, when it comes to creation and doing the stuff and actually recording things, singing, playing or whatever, that stuff goes away, you know? And I really wish that the world could kind of slow it down a little bit, really, you know, look at the art, look at the creation, you know, look at things, look at nature, breathe it in. You know, and realize that that's a beautiful creation too. You know, let it inspire you. 
and that's it just we love music just keep listening to music you know i think it really and all the garbage that's out there and all the negativity and the wars and everything else um you know that sure it's important to be informed but i think that sometimes we need that escape to to center ourselves to refocus and be the best versions of ourselves we can be beautifully put matt nardo from leviathan project what a good fella i enjoyed that conversation do go across to the group's socials presence, Leviathan Project. They are easily found if you are now curious and want to support the band. I strongly encourage you to do so. They've got a couple of releases in market at the moment. You can buy merch. Mine is on the way, as a matter of fact. Uh, I actually already have a couple of their physical releases. Or oh, I've got one, sorry. I've got the Leviathan Project, It's Their World cassette, because I love cassettes, but I've also got some CDs on the way because my car play CD still and it does a really bad job at the Bluetooth connection anywho go across to scarsandguitars.com for another reason because I've just published my first book Scars and Guitars Volume 1 Conversations from the World of Heavy Metal and Beyond you can expect to read features with members of Death Morbid Angel Carcass Napalm Death the list goes on there are so many in there I even managed to have a chat with guitar great Al Dimiola. That made it in there as well. E-versions are only available. It's uh, $10.99, depending on the market that you're in. It all fluctuates. $10.99 in Australia, I think, is about $7.99 US. And uh, look, if you do buy it, please hit me up because I want to personally thank you for doing so. It's available at all of the usual marketplaces, Amazon, etc., That's it for now. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Until next time, it is a very goodbye for now.